Orchard Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Hey, uh, do me a favor. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Judges chapter 14. That's where we're going to be at today. Judges 14. Uh, it's just right after uh, the book of Joshua. And man, as you're turning there, I just want to say uh, we are so blessed to have an amazing pastor like Pastor Doug. Um, for him to be away and be able to uh, you know, invest in these future church planners and these different churches, how it's not just Little C Church, but about the Big C Church. Don't we have an awesome pastor? Can we give it up for Pastor Doug real quick? Come on. We love you, Pastor Doug. Well, uh, I want to start off this morning um, by asking you guys a question. Um, how many of you have ever been in a situation where, you know, it basically revealed maybe you weren't as strong as you actually thought you were? By show of hands. Okay, good. Whew. I am not the only one then. <laughs> um, you guys, I am super excited to be looking at the life of Samson, taking a look, you know, in the book of Judges. Um, I love it, you guys, because Samson, um, he is one of those guys that found himself in situations over and over again that revealed maybe he wasn't as strong as he actually thought he was. You see, if you know anything about Samson, you know that he was perhaps the strongest man to have ever lived. And God gave him tremendous abilities and tremendous potential. So much God potential. Yet again and again, we, we see Samson making bad decisions. You see, I love the book of Judges. I've always said it's a, a great student ministry book. Uh, it has a lot of great stories in it. Uh, it's one of my own personal favorites. Uh, I also say it's a, it's a man's book. Can I hear from all the men this morning? Ugh. Yeah, it's a, it's a man's book because it has, you know, all these, these different uh, uh, stories and it plays out like an action movie. Uh, men, let's just be honest, right? I mean, there are only two different types of movies that exist on the face of the earth, right? We've got chick flicks and good movies, okay? I got a, a one amen, all right. <laughs> well, you guys, Samson's life, it plays out like that of an action movie. I mean, his accomplishments were legendary. Um, there's a story in, in, in uh, the book of Judges, you know, as uh, looking at Samson's life, there's a story where he takes on 1,000 of his enemies, not with a sword, not with a bow and arrow, but with the jawbone of a donkey. That's what he does. He takes them all on. There's a story where he takes a city gate and he puts it up on his shoulders and begins to walk with the city gate for 38 miles. He is the original CrossFitter. <laughs> There's a story um, in the book of Judges about Samson, and we're actually going to go over it today, where he's attacked by a lion, and he actually defends himself by tearing apart the lion with his bare hands. See, he was a tremendously strong person, and if you're anything like me, you know, maybe skeptical by nature, you'd even find yourself saying, we're like, okay, well, what was the source of his strength? I mean, how was he so supernaturally strong? Was it mana steroids? I mean, was it some type of pre-workout supplement, essential oils, you know? I mean, what was the secret to Samson's strength? Well, the truth is, the secret had nothing to do with Samson himself. It was actually the Spirit of God that was upon Samson's life. That was the source of Samson's strength, and that was the only time that he ever was strong. You're going to see time and time again, as we look at the life of Samson, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Samson, and then that is when he's able to do amazing things. You see, but with so much strength, 
Samson thought very highly of himself, and he thought, you know what, I'm too, I'm too strong to fail. There's no way. I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to fail. You see, so much God-given potential, yet again and again and again, making bad decisions. Anybody able to relate with that? I know I can. You see, he's just like us. Samson is just like us. You see, if you're a follower of Jesus today, you have the Holy Spirit who is inside of you. You have amazing potential for your life. You have the same Holy Spirit that's inside you that was upon Samson that gave him his strength. And I tell students this all the time. God wants to use you. You have amazing gifts and abilities. I mean, you have gifts that nobody else has that comes just from the Lord. And God's eyes go to and fro over the whole earth looking for people, not with strong abilities, but for people with availability. He says, that is a person that I can use. You see, the same God who supplied Samson his strength is the same God who exists today, amen? amen. And so, so much potential in Samson's life. And with tremendous power comes tremendous responsibility. I think you guys would agree. And so if I were to summarize Samson's life in just one sentence, and this is in your notes, it was that Samson was an incredibly strong man, but with a dangerously weak will. Incredibly strong, but dangerously weak will. Um, you know, I actually, um, you know, hanging out with students all the time, it's kind of funny, the give and take relationship that's there. Uh, one of their favorite things to do is actually make fun of me and, and taunt me with my greatest fear. And so I'll just go ahead and just throw that out there, you know, with you guys. I mean, they, you know, throw pranks left and right. Um, I am absolutely petrified of spiders, Okay. Um, anybody else with me? Are there anybody else? Okay, good. Oh my gosh. Let's start a support group, okay? We're going to hang out. Um, we're going to stay away from spiders, and that's all we'll do, okay? It'll be fun. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely petrified. I mean, I hate spiders. It happened when I was five years old. I had a bad experience. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not ready for that yet, okay? <laughs> but bad experience. Um, uh, my daughter, though, my oldest daughter, Kinsley, uh, she's four and a half now. It's just crazy how different she is at times from her dear old dad. Um, she loves bugs. Um, she is that, that little girl that has roly-polies in her pockets, um, you know, at the end of the day. She loves caterpillar, caterpillars and ants, and she'll pick up an ant, and she's like, oh, look, it, li it likes me, you know? Um, and then she also likes spiders. I don't know why. I, I have no idea why. In fact, um, just a year ago, we took her to the butterfly pavilion. Or actually, let me rephrase that. My wife took her to the butterfly pavilion. I wouldn't even go because I knew that there is something there, and some of you know what I'm talking about, called Rosie the Spider, okay? I won't even turn around and look at this picture, okay? That's how scared of spiders I am. Um, and about, uh, it was probably about a year or two years ago, I'll tell you how scared of spiders I am. Uh, there was a spider running around uh, the church floor. And, uh, uh, and so it was running, you know, across the floor. And I tell you what, you guys, this spider, I mean, it was <laughs> this big, you know. It was really, it was a, it was a monster. <laughs> and uh, instinctively, I don't know what came over me. I mean, maybe it was the spirit of the Lord, I don't know. But I grabbed like a plastic cup and I just lunged towards the spider and went, <laughs> 
and caught it, you know, in the cup. I'm like, okay, now what, you know? <laughs> and, and a friend of mine, he's actually in here uh, t- uh, today for this service, but a friend of mine is like, hey, well, here's a, here's a newsletter. Go ahead and, and slide this, you know, underneath the cup, and that way you can carry it. I'm like, okay, all right, here, here we go. And I'm sliding, you know, the newsletter underneath, and you can hear the spider, you know, moving around in there. I'm like, oh, my goodness, like, I am holding back an eight-legged behemoth of a monster, you know, it could, it could get loose at any moment and just tear my head off, but I'm just going to keep the cup here. And so got the newsletter underneath and I stood up, I'm like, okay, I got it. All right, this is, this is good, you know, and I started to walk towards outside and with each step I gained in confidence where I'm like, I'm walking, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm facing my fear, you know, I'm a, I'm a man, I'm, I'm a man, you know, (laughs) And then all of a sudden, my hand involuntarily twitches. And in my mind, that spider is gnawing off my hand. And so this is a uh, representation of my response. Ah! (laughs) I actually threw it on my friend. He's like, thanks, man. Thanks, I really appreciate it. But you see, on the outside... I was holding it all together, right? I was strong. I don't even know if my friend knew I had such a big fear of spiders, but I was strong on the outside. But in reality, what happened when I was put in that situation? It actually revealed how truly weak I really was. Outside strong, that's Samson, very strong, but inside very, very weak. Well, uh, before we jump into uh, the life of Samson today, I want to uh, provide a little bit of context of our uh, story. Um, Pastor Doug, if there's one thing I've learned from him, it's uh, anytime you're talking about a story in the Bible, it's context, context, context. Um, And so the context of the book of Judges is that everybody was uh, doing what they thought was right in their own eyes. Um, What had happened with the Israelites is at this time there was no government, Um, But what what would actually happen is there would be like an elected official or a leader or a judge that would rise to the occasion whenever there were times of crisis with the people of Israel. And Samson, um, Samson, he was actually one of those judges. He's going to become one of those judges as we're going to see here in the next several weeks. You see, Samson from birth was a, a, a Nazarite. Uh, Maybe you don't know much about Nazarites. Maybe you've heard of that term a little bit. You're like, all right, you know, there's Jesus of Nazareth. Um, But Samson had to live by uh, something called a Nazarite vow. Um, This is actually in your notes. If you want to know more about the Nazarite vow, uh, you could go back and you read a little bit about it in Judges 13, but specifically Numbers chapter 6. You're going to go ahead and write that in your notes. Numbers chapter 6, you can go back and check out what the Nazarite vow was all about. Uh, you might be sitting here thinking, you're like, well, what is a Nazarite? Um, to put it simply, uh, it was just an average Joe person, just like you and me, that all of a sudden would say, hey, I want to be set apart for God. And so they would make a vow to the Lord that would usually last about six months to a year. Um, in Samson's case, it was from birth to death. He were to be a Nazarite his whole entire life. And so uh, the Nazarite vow, you had to stay away from three different things. And this is going to be so important for the rest of Samson's life. So make sure you take notes, okay? The first thing that God said, hey, don't do this, is don't drink alcohol. That's what the part of the Nazarite vow was. You can't touch um, wine, can't have margaritas, you know, nothing. You can't do any of that. 
Um, you see, in the Bible, wine or alcohol was always symbolic of earthly joy. But for the Nazarites, those who set apart themselves for God, they're to focus on the eternal things. They're to focus on God. And so that's why they would take this vow and abstain from alcohol. Uh, number two, the second thing in the Nazarite vow that they had to actually stay away from, um, God said, don't cut your hair. So you couldn't, you know, shave the sides, you know, you couldn't do the man bun, you know, you couldn't do the mullet, praise God, it's not godly anyways, but you know, <laughs> but you couldn't do that, you couldn't do it. Um, and this was significant because this was an outward sign, um, because if you saw somebody walking by with long hair, you would probably think, oh, okay, they probably are a Nazarite, they probably made that vow to God, just like baptism, you know, is a, an outward sign of what God is doing in our hearts. Um, the same is, is with this second vow, not to cut their hair. Um, the third one, um, the third uh, part of the, the Nazarite vow, God said, don't touch anything that is dead. Stay away from it. Um, you're to stay away from the dead things of the world. Um, you are to stay pure, and so stay away from anything dead, and don't even eat anything unclean. So those were the three different vows, and we're going to see those are very, very important as we go through this story. But you see, God blessed Samson with amazing strength, right? He was an incredibly strong man, but with a dangerously weak will. And we're going to take a look at three attitudes today that made Samson weak. Three attitudes that I believe make strong people weak today as well. Attitudes that make strong people weak. Number one, first one, and this one is in your notes. It's the L word, lust. Lust. It's that attitude of I want it. Let's take a look at Samson's story um, there in Judges chapter 14, verse 1. It says, one day when Samson was in Timnah. Now, Timnah is important because this is four miles into enemy territory, okay? So he is uh, um, four miles away from home. One of the Philistine women caught his, what does it say, church? Say it with me. His eye. That's right. He saw this, this woman that, that looked very attractive, and he was like, how you doing, you know? <laughs> and he said when he returned home, he told his father and mother, a young Philistine woman in Timnah caught my eye. And so what does he say? He says, I want to marry her. Get her for me. His father and mother objected. Isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among all the Israelites that you can marry? They asked, why must you go to the pagan Philistines to find a wife? You see, the, the Israelites and the Philistines, they're at war at this time, and, and God told his people, the Israelites, don't intermarry with any other group of people. You're only marry those who are also Israelites. And so that's why we see his parents objecting to this. I mean, not only are you marrying outside our people, you're marrying the enemy, you know? So this is a really big deal. But, continuing on, Samson told his father, and say it with me, get her for me. Why? Because she looks good to me. His father and mother, that's an interesting verse, didn't realize the Lord was at work in this, creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines who ruled over Israel at that time. You might be looking at the verse and be like, whoa, whoa wait, I thought, I thought Samson was in the wrong. He was. He was in enemy territory. He lusted after a woman that's the enemy. But not only that, um, not just that, but I mean, also his parents are objecting to it, but he's still ignoring parents' objections. 
But it's interesting and it's awesome how God can oftentimes make and take our mistakes and still turn it around for good. You guys ever seen that in your lives? God can still take our mistakes. Even though we're going off the wrong path and we're making bad decisions, God gives us chance after chance, time and time again to turn back. And so that's what we see here. Uh, verse 5, as Samson and his parents were going down to Timnah, a young lion suddenly attacked Samson near the vineyards of Timnah. And at that moment, we're going to see this phrase over and over again, say it with me, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, and he ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. All the men go, yeah, this is a man's story. <laughs> he did it as easily as if it were a young goat, but he didn't tell his father or mother about it. When Samson arrived in Timnah, he talked with the woman and was very pleased with her. And so we see Samson here falling victim to lust, Right? We see him falling victim to it. He sees a girl and says, hey, she looks nice. I want her. I mean, it's almost caveman-like. You know, she woman, I man, you know, bring her to me. I killed cat, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, but you see his parents objecting, hey, this isn't wise. This isn't smart. Remember what God has told us to do. But you can just see Samson's attitude start to come out. I don't care what God says. I don't care what my dad says. I don't care what my mom says. I don't care what my friends say. I don't care what is good. I don't care what is right. I want her. And this is so us, right? This is so us. Because if we really want something in our own life, how, isn't it interesting how we're able to throw out conventional wisdom and knowledge? I mean, any, any good advice just right out the window? Well, I want it. I want her. I want that in my life. You know, we put ourselves in, into dumb situations oftentimes. Maybe you're on Facebook or maybe social media or maybe it's just the internet and all of a sudden something pops up and, and it catches your eye, right? And you're like, well, you know, I, I want it. I mean, it's not going to hurt anybody. Or maybe somebody reaches out to you. You know that they're interested in you, but you are a married man or a married woman and you like the attention, well, well I, I, I want the attention, you know, I, I like it. I mean, let's just, let's just see what would happen. Maybe it's a bad influence in your life. You know that person. Every time you hang out with them, they bring you down. They bring you down to their level. But I want it. I want to hang out with that person. There's nothing wrong with it. Can I be real with you guys this morning? This area, this attitude has been, and probably always will be, my number one struggle. You see, in high school, I remember two paths being laid out clearly before me. This path over here of, of following God, of doing what is right, you know, going down the right path, hanging out with the right friends. And it looked so good, and I was walking down that path, but there was another path, another option available. I saw a girl over here, she caught my eye, and I was interested in her, I was attracted to her. And I even knew she was bad news. I knew she would be a bad influence in my life. But yet, what did I do? I just went with this path. And still to this day, I have regrets and consequences of going down that wrong path in my life. You see, guys, this is us. And maybe for you, it's, it's, maybe it's not a person. 
Maybe lust for you, you don't really struggle with that. Everybody has their different struggles. But maybe for you, it's, it's something. Um, the definition for lust is in your notes. It's a strong desire for something. We think oftentimes lust is someone. But guys, it's just for something. Maybe for you, you know, uh, there's, uh, you know, it's summertime, and you're just like, man, I would love, love uh, just to be out on the lake. And so your lust, what you're lusting after is a new boat. You're like, oh, wouldn't that be awesome, you know, to have a boat and be able to go out there and stay, you know, a few different days out on the lake. Or maybe for you, it's a, it's a new promotion. You've been working really, really hard. You've been lusting after this new promotion. Man, I want it. And so because of that, you're unintentionally avoiding and neglecting your family and your friends. Maybe it's a new house. Oh, five bedrooms. I want it. I mean, do you see the basement, the backyard? Oh, it's on a golf course. You know, I want it. That's what I want. See, for me, it's a new truck. That's what I really, really want. Um, because I drive a beat-up Toyota Corolla, okay, with a broken windshield, three hubcaps, and literally, I'm not kidding here, you can ask my friends, you can ask anybody in here, literally runs on prayer, okay? I like get in and I'm like, okay, is it going to start? Dear Lord Jesus, it worked, you know, every single time. That's my struggle. And then, you know, sometimes I'll start saving up my money. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm getting close to being able to buy that truck. But then something keeps getting in the way. Um, it's a, uh, uh, what do you call it? It's a, uh, oh yeah, having kids. I have three kids and uh, one more kid on the Lord. Praise the Lord, happy for it. But I can't get a truck now. I can't get a truck. I can't fit all my kids in that thing. You know, I have to go for the three rows now. And that's what I find myself lusting after. That's right. So beat up Toyota Corolla and a minivan. Any of the dads drive the minivan? Hey, let's hang out. Let's go golfing or something. We'll, drive, we'll take our minivans, okay, with our golf clubs in the back. <laughs> because it's so easy to lust. It is so easy to lust. People or things, we need to keep in mind, this is an attitude that makes strong people weak. It does. It made Samson weak, and it can make you and I weak as well. This attitude of lust, I want it, I have to have it, it gets people into trouble again and again and again. And what does God's word say? Stay away. Run the opposite direction. Don't even mess around with that sin. Uh, Matthew 6.22 says this, Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When you're, say it with me, church, when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with what? With light. Man, may we be a group of people, may we be a church that focuses on this verse and we say, you know what, we're going to run the other direction. It may catch my eye, but I want to be filled with light. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the second attitude, the first one, uh, the first attitude that makes strong people weak is lust. I want it. The second attitude that makes strong people weak, made Samson weak, and this is in your notes, is entitlement. Entitlement. I deserve it. Anybody know anyone that is, you would say, entitled? Okay, I'm seeing lots of hands. Don't look at the person next to you, okay? Don't give them an elbow. But yeah, I mean, we see it all the time, just this attitude of, well, I deserve it. You owe me. I mean, I should get this. I shouldn't have to say thank you. We also see that in Samson's life. Um, take a look at verses 8 and 9. It says, later, when Samson returned to Timnah for the wedding, so he's getting married. 
He's getting married to this, this uh, Philistine woman. He's going to go through with it. It says here, it's interesting, he turned off the path. He turned off the path. Man, how many times do we do that? You make a bad decision, you put yourself in a bad situation, and we turn off the path as well. Why did he turn off the path? Well, to look at the carcass of the lion. I mean, who wouldn't? And he found that a swarm of bees had made some honey in the carcass. So he did what maybe some of you men would do. He scooped some of the honey into his hands, that's right, out of the carcass, and he ate it along the way. Mmm, carcass honey. (sighs) So good. But it doesn't even stop there. He also gave some uh, to his father and his mother, and then they ate it. Ugh. But he, did he tell them, hey, this is where I found it. You may, hey, you may want to pick the hairs off. No. But he didn't tell them. He had taken the honey from the carcass of the lion. You might think, well, well why? I mean, why didn't he tell them? Well, remember Samson's vows as a Nazarite. He was not to touch anything dead, right? And here is a dead lion on the road. And so he throws away one of his his vows. For what? A measly handful of carcass honey. And then he doesn't even stop there, but then he shares it with his mom and dad. Mom and dad, mom, she took the Nazarite vow. It says it in scripture in Judges 13. She was a Nazarite as well. And so he's involving his family even in that decision. And you see, what I see there is an attitude of entitlement. Well, I deserve it. He knows his vows, but he goes against them anyways. I deserve it. I killed the lion. I'm hungry. I'm a man. I'm strong. I want to feed myself. And so I deserve it. It's funny, uh, this phrase actually came up this weekend with my wife. Uh, my wife, you know, was talking with me. She's kind of, you know, in, in nesting mode right now, you know, and buying different things. And uh, so she, uh, right now, really wants to get a new diaper bag. Uh, we have three previous kids. We've had a diaper bag, I think, for each single one, you know. <laughs> uh, but she wants this new diaper bag. And so she uh, has saved up money, even put it in a jar, put it aside. And uh, she found this one diaper bag, and it's uh, $80. And for us guys, we're like, $80, you know, like for a diaper bag? But I'm just like, I've just learned not to question. I'm like, I love you, honey. Get the diaper bag, right? And so I even find myself saying these three words. Well, you deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. I mean, you saved up. I mean, you, man, you you take care of our three kids, you know, and they run around and they're crazy and whatnot. You you deserve it. You, You really do. But it's interesting how I've never experienced, I mean, this is for you men out there, your husbands. It's interesting, those three words, I've never received pushback before. You deserve it. Oh, yeah, I do deserve it. Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, thank you, you know, and she always goes on and buys it. But guys, that's what the world tells us. You deserve it. You deserve that sin in your life. Go ahead, treat yourself. You've been so good for so long you know, you, you deserve it. You deserve to kind of indulge in the world a little bit. I mean, it's, you know, you don't want to be, you know, totally, you know, uh, um, um, religious. And so go ahead and, and just have fun a little bit. You know, just to in, in, in invite that sin just a little bit into your life and have some fun. You see, entitlement happens when we get the false impression that we somehow deserve more than what we really deserve. That's what happened to Samson as well. See, with Samson, this attitude will get him into trouble big time later. 
But for now, what is it? It's a breaking of a promise, a breaking of a vow to God. He broke that vow by touching the carcass. And so what are attitudes that made Samson weak? Number one was lust, I want it. Number two was entitlement, I deserve it. And these are the same ones that make strong people weak today. Number three, the last one, is pride. I can handle it. You can almost even feel the I in that pride word, right? And and that I can handle it. I can handle it. I mean, I'm too strong to fail. There's no way that I'll ever fall down. I can handle it. We see that in Judges 14, verse 10. It says, as his father was making final arrangements for the marriage, Samson threw a, what did he throw? A party. Awesome. That seems harmless, right? Seems good. Not only that, um, but he threw it. Look at where he threw it in. It was at Timnah, so in enemy territory. As was the custom for, say it with me, church, this is important, elite young men. And so we see here, Samson, you know, um, he throws a party. And that's interesting to me because it's not like his family threw a party for him. He threw the party for himself. Um, the word for party uh, uh, is in your notes. Uh, it's in the Hebrew. It's the, the Hebrew word uh, mishta. And mishta literally means a feast or it's a celebration or occasion for drinking. And so, I mean, this wasn't just some bachelor party. I mean, this was a party that involved lots of drinking. But not only that, pay attention to those, those words, as was accustomed to elite young men. You can almost even feel the proud statement in that, right? Well, this, you know, we're going to throw a party for elite young men because we are elite. We are too strong to fail. And this is what Samson does. Church, remember the source of Samson's strength. Remember his vows to God. He throws a party in enemy territory. He's away from friends. Lots of drinking taking place all around him. He is the the star of the party. He uh, He can't drink alcohol. And he says, he finds himself saying, well, I can handle it. I can handle it. I'm strong. I'm not going to fail. I know my vows. I'm not going to give in so easily. I see the situation that Samson places himself in, and I can't help but ask, man, who would do something so dumb? And then I remind myself, oh yeah, we would. We would do something so dumb, right? We would place ourselves in stupid and dumb situations. We would put our sin right here and be like, all right, well, I can handle it. See, God has given Samson so much God-given potential. And God has given each and every single one of us amazing potential that God wants to use in your life. But sometimes we think, I'm strong. I want it. I deserve it. I can handle it. Maybe for you it's a sin in your life and you know that you struggle with it. You struggle with it over and over and over again, but you keep it at arm's length away because you say, well, I'm strong. I want it. I deserve it. I can handle it. Maybe you're a recovering alcoholic and you have to stay away from alcohol, but but all of a sudden you put yourself in a dumb situation. I'm strong. I want it. I deserve it. I can handle it with drugs. I'm strong. I want it. I deserve it. I can handle. Hey, I just want to look. I'm strong. I want it. I deserve it. I can handle it. Before long, guys, we're Samson. 
before long we are Samson and we're going down that same exact downward spiral path. We're not too different. I mean, think about it. It can happen to anybody, and we've seen it happen, right? This is celebrities that think, okay, I can handle it. You know, I, these are the things I want. I deserve it. And then all of a sudden they fall. These big-name pastors, you think, man, they are too strong to, to never fail. And all of a sudden they fall and be like, man, what, what happened? They had a weak will moment. And any of us can have a weak will moment. Man, I've been a, a faithful husband or a faithful wife for, for so many years. And all of a sudden a weak will moment, phew, I just threw away my marriage. Just threw away, you know, my, my friendship or I threw away my, my relationship or job. Maybe, you know, it's just, you know, I've been a great father and a great mother, and I'm always putting them first, but then all of a sudden, one weak moment, and your kids don't even want to hang out with you anymore. You guys, the truth is, none of us are strong enough, but guess who is? Our heavenly Father is strong enough in and through our lives, amen? Amen. You see, although these attitudes are what makes strong people weak, there are other attitudes that make weak people strong. Weak people, like myself, where I actually have some hope and say, thank God, thank you, Jesus, that you still see something in me and that you still can make me strong. So these are in your notes. Attitudes that make weak people strong. Number one, it's this attitude. The attitude that says, I want God. I want God. That's what I want in my life. I have a decision that's laid out before me. I can go this direction. Something caught my eye. But no, I'm going to run the opposite direction. Why? Because I want God in my life. I want to go to church every Sunday. I want to read the Bible and understand it and feel like I'm sitting right across from Jesus. I want to pray and for my prayers to come true. I want to pray for those around me. I want God in my life that I'm able to forgive those who have hurt me, even though it has hurt very, very badly. I want God. You see, if you want God, God can take any of us, any of, uh, of, of weak people, and make us strong. Amen? Second attitude, not just I want God, but also replacing entitlement with what we truly deserve. And let's just be real for a, for a moment real quick. Second attitude is I deserve death. That's what I deserve. I do. You know, I'm up here on this stage, guys. I don't deserve to be up here. I don't. What I truly deserve is death. You know why? Because I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. I fall, fall short daily. Sometimes I, I fall short, you know, as a husband and, and as a dad. I'm not perfect. You see, Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages, and, and, and basically wages like a, a payment or a consequence of, the wages of sin is, say it with me, death. But it doesn't stop there. And praise God, it doesn't stop right there. We have some good news. The free gift of God is eternal life. Say that again. Eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So I want God, I deserve death. And then third and finally, you guys, an attitude that makes weak people strong is this attitude. Realizing that I can't handle anything without God. Can't handle anything without you. I'm a weak man. I have weak moments. At any given moment, I could all of a sudden, you know, my weak will is exposed. 
And I can give in to to one of these three different areas of lust, entitlement, or pride. At any given moment, any of us can because we're not strong enough. But you see, if you flip those around, instead of the attitude that says, well, I'm strong, I want it, I deserve it, I can handle it. If you flip that on its head instead, say, you know what, God, I'm weak. I'm weak. I want you, Jesus, in my life. I know what I deserve, and that's death. That's the consequence. That's the payment for not being perfect for my sins. But Lord, I can't do anything without you. I can't. I need you in my life. You see, Satan loves to make the strong weak, but God loves to make the weak strong. And that's such good news for us. That's such good good news for you and me because God wants to use you. So we should flee from these attitudes of lust, entitlement, and pride and instead draw near to God. And these different attitudes, these are the ones that we should be mindful and apply to our lives. I want to end as I read a verse in chapter uh, Philippians chapter 4. Some of my favorite verses. Paul says, not that I was ever in need. For Paul, he had learned how to be content with that, whatever he had. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or maybe little. For I, sorry, <laughs> all three, verses, or three services today, I get choked up by this verse. For I can do everything through Christ, who, and say it with me, church, who gives me strength. It's my life verse that I've lived by ever since I was 14 years old. And a a verse that's very dear to my heart. And it reminds us, you guys, that when we are weak, the source of our strength is not ourselves. It's God, the Spirit of God in our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much um, for this opportunity, God. Thank you so much for your word, how it never returns void. God, I'm a a weak person, and God, you have shown yourself strong through me over and over and over again. Thank you so much for your grace, God. Thank you, Lord, that the payment for sin isn't, I mean, it, it is death, but you don't just stop there, but Lord, you sent your son to live a perfect life on earth, to, to exchange, Lord, righteousness for death with us. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We continue to attitude of prayer this morning. Maybe you're here today and you're just going through something. You're just going through it and you're thinking, man, this message, I mean, I, I am weak. I need God in my life. I want to be strong. And if you want God's strength in your life today, um, my hand is raised um, first before any of you guys. Uh, can you just simply just raise your hand so I can pray for you? Say, I want God's strength in my life today. Hands all over the place. God bless you all. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for all these decisions, God. Our hands raising up, God. You know our hearts. And Lord, help us, Lord, to be strong. We're weak. We have struggles. We make mistakes. But over and over again, God, you prove yourself to be faithful. God, come into our lives. Lord, give us that strength to get through whatever it is that every single person is going through. Lord, meet them exactly where they're at. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. 
As we continue an attitude of prayer, maybe some of you this morning, you don't have a relationship with God. In fact, you don't even know really where you stand with Jesus. Maybe you've been trying to go through life on your own strength. Guys, the first step is to get rid of your pride. Admit that you are weak. And all you have to do is just say, I want you, God. I want God in my life. If that's you, just go ahead and and pray this simple prayer after me. It doesn't have to be out loud, but just just to God, between you and him. And let it be an awesome moment where you're putting faith to your words. You mean what you are praying. Just pray something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm not perfect. I struggle. I've made mistakes. But I believe that you're God. I believe, Jesus, that you rose from the, from the grave. Will you please forgive me? Will you come into my life? Be my God. Be my Lord and Savior from this day forward. And help me to live for you. As we continue praying, I want to be able to pray for all of you that just prayed that prayer before you leave this room today. If you pray that prayer in the count of three, could you just simply just raise your hand wherever you're at? One, two, three. See your hand up top. God bless you. See your hands over here. Praise the Lord. We have about three hands up top over here to the left. Praise God. See your hand down here out front. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? See your hands over here. Yes, praise the Lord. Awesome. God bless you. Do me a favor, um, with all eyes closed, for those of you to just raise your hand, as I'm praying for you, um, do us a favor, get out your newsletter, your connection card, please fill that out. We want to follow up with you. We want to get a book in your hands called Seven Steps to Joy, uh, because this is the next step in your walk with Jesus. We don't want you just to make a decision here and then go out and then do nothing about it, but we want to follow up, so please do that before you leave. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all the hands uh, being raised today, Lord, and all the choices. Um, God, we are so thankful, Lord, that uh, of you and of what you've done for us. And God, I pray for all the decisions that, Lord, you would continue to be with them. Give them the, the assurance, Lord, that you love them, that, God, you are never going to leave them nor forsake them, that you are for them, God, and that, Lord, they are forgiven. We love you so much. We pray all these things in your name, Lord Jesus. And everybody says... Amen. Awesome. Can we just give it up for all the decisions today? That's awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Well, you guys, if you uh, accepted Christ, just to reinforce that again, please fill out that connection card. Put it in the offering bucket as it passes by. Um, If if you are a first-time guest, um, we want to connect with you. Um, That's why we have the connection card. So please fill that out, um, the connection card. Put it in the offering bucket as it passes by. We want to send you a thank you note in the mail and also a free gift as well. Um, You guys, just a reminder, uh, uh, referring back to our rundown, every connection card that we receive from a first-time guest uh, will actually donate $5 uh, to Life Choices Pregnancy. And uh, if you're new, or, or maybe I haven't had the uh, privilege of being able to connect with you or talk with you, I know on Sundays, if you ever see me around here, I'm kind of running around, you know, everywhere, making sure everything is good. Um, but, but today, I'm going to be out by the blue tent out front. And uh, I would love just to be able to pray for you, follow up with you, um, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I lead the student ministry, so maybe if you have teenagers, would love to be able to answer any questions with that as well. Um, well, next week, you guys, we're continuing the series of Samson. Did you enjoy it today? Is that good? Life of Samson. It's good. 
Um, so I'm excited for that, guys. Keep coming um, throughout June. Uh, it's going to be an awesome, awesome series. Uh, so do me a favor, wherever you're at, go ahead and stand up wherever you're at. We're going to close in a song of worship as we take up our tithes and offering because we want to live out our church value of giving first, saving second, and living on the rest. Um, thank you. Thank you guys for letting me be up here and teach. Love you. Look forward to connecting with you. Have a great Sunday.